Tell Me Your Story with Heidi Alfrey in three, two, one. Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. Welcome to Ireland, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, you know it's a virtual background, but still, I wish you know I wish I was there doing these programs that come your way Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday mornings at 1 a.m. streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. We podcast the programs on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and a bunch of other locations you are reposting our interviews too. Thank you so much. And now we are on YouTube. We started in, um, I'm going to say, late 2020, probably August, September, posting these up on YouTube for you to uh, view. If you'd like to do so, we encourage you to do so by going to Richard Dugan on the, uh, that's my YouTube channel, or type in, tell me your story and just make sure you see the guy with the hat. And uh, we hope that you will do just that. We'll also be giving you our guests website shortly so that you can continue your evolutionary process, find out more about our guest and the work that she does. And if you like what we are doing and you'd like to support us and be a part of what we are doing and the guests we're bringing and the topics that we bring to your awareness and you can support us financially, we would greatly appreciate that. We do have PayPal and Patreon accounts for your security as well as ours. And we thank you, thank you, thank you for those who have supported us. And thank you, thank you, thank you for those who will support us. We'll take energetic support too, folks. That, that goes a long way, I guarantee you, because I'm a one-man band right now. I don't have an entourage or a, a staff. It's just me. I, I set up the guests. I do the interviews. I produce the uh, audio. I also produce the video and I upload all of this and then send out the emails to our guests with all of the wonderful links so they can then pass the word on about not just our program, but their story as well. And please participate as we are now into the, I'm going to say the second year. I don't care what anybody else says. It's the second year of the 2020s, the decade of perfect vision. And we want you to take time to calm, find that calm, peaceful place within. I describe it every time I'm on the program to relax, to re-energize, to refocus, to listen to that still small voice that basically is going to give you accurate information, answer your questions for you. It's not going to give you lottery numbers. It's not going to tell you who the next person in line is going to be for whatever the position is. Uh, it's going to help you navigate through your hours and days and weeks and months and years. And uh, I, I wouldn't go, I would not leave home without it. I'd leave home without American Express, but I would not leave home without checking with that still small voice. We have a not so still, not so small voice joining us on the program. She is a minister at Unity here in Santa Barbara, California. Her name is Heidi Alfrey. And Heidi, thank you so much for joining us on the program. This is a real pleasure because I'm not sure that we have had anybody on yet, pastor or otherwise, from Unity to, to talk about Unity, about its foundations, and also to talk to you about your connection to unity. Thank you for being with us. Yeah, Richard, I'm really honored to be here and it's so exciting, a new year. And the, as you're saying, this commitment to listening to the wisdom within. 
you know, it, so I'm really honored to be here. You are a powerhouse of that one man show you're talking about. I'm like, man, is he, you, you got a, you got a good business there. Well, it, I, I'm hoping that it'll pay off sooner than later, but it has kind of paid off because years ago I learned that, uh, in the universe, one of the universal laws that I've discovered is that there is always an exchange. It may not appear the way you want it, but there's always an exchange. And I don't live by the law of diminishing returns because <laughs> if you start giving out or serving only to the level that you expect to receive, then what you receive is going to be even less than what you would have if you had just given from the heart, given almost with wild abandon. And it seems to me, unity uh, sort of speaks to that because it is talking, just the word itself is yeah. speaking about the unification of humanity. But in that very statement, is it not saying we are a community, a unified community called humans, even though we subdivide, for various reasons and in many different ways, we're all still human. We all still basically, for the most part, we all bleed red blood. It, very true. And I, you are correct. The word unity is a, it's a calling, isn't it? I find that we uh, you know, sort of develop however we are in the sense of where you're born and who raises you and you know, what you're taught in this life. And the ability to source, as you've said, these um, still small boys, um, what is it that I truly believe? What, what is it that, that truly where I, my heart connects? And th this is the, I, I think the uh, exciting part of being alive and the challenge is that then as we sort of develop these beliefs and these identities, then we draw to us, you know, similar people. And then we start agreeing and then we're all like, this is the way it is. Um, rather than this, this ability to stretch. And it is what I call the spiritual adventure, the spiritual life is to not only honor who I am and know that I am unique and um, life will not express as me ever again, but also that, that will be how it is for you and how it is for every other living creature on this planet. And so our ability to you know, get, get out of the me versus you and the unity, the word of, how is it that God or life or love or where, whatever word we want to use for that life force, how are you created in the image and likeness of that experience? And how am I? Mm -hmm. And this is where I talked about this Sunday that instead of being created in the image and likeness of God and, and God is a word that, you know, brings up all kinds of things. So that's why I think if you want to word, use the word love, that might be a little more um, mm -hmm. uh, enhancing, but the, um, but the experience of being able to um, not make it my way versus your way, rather, how is it that we grow into a sense of what can I learn from you and how do I grow even if I don't agree with you? And, and that really is our opportunity and, and Unity, the founder of Unity, uh, Charles Fillmore and his wife Myrtle, they were co-founders, they studied all the religions of the world and looked at the basis of all faith, let's say, versus religion, we would say we're spiritual, not religious, that all faith was created and in, in with the um, basics of love and community and, um, and, and the energy 
uh, where two or three are gathered, there's something greater going on. And you mm -hmm. can say that in a radio show that we have because we bring this diversity because we're unique, mm -hmm. um, then something new happens. And so uh, that was really the focus of the teachings and whether they were the teachings of uh, Jesus, the teachings of Buddha, the teachings of the masters. And all of those masters said, these things and greater shall you do. Mm -hmm. It always blows my mind because it's like, gee whiz, I never really thought of having the qualities of Buddha or Jesus or, or Gandhi, but, but I do. And, and so that really is the, the journey to, to, as you've said, you're really describing what we call prosperity at unity is it may not show up as a, is a dollar in a bank account from that particular person. But like you're saying, the energetic support then brings the, it, it's an openness that then all sources of, of support can show up. And I've used, you said it beautifully. You, you would speak at unity for heaven's sakes, but that's really our idea of prosperity is that it, there is not a calculated system. Like you can't get a tree to grow exactly like that. It's a really kind of a, the place of awe and wonder that we're wanting to tap into. Well, and, and using the example of the tree, that is awe-inspiring because of the fact that no two trees, be they of the same, shall we call it species or not, no two trees are exactly the same. I don't care how many pine trees you grow that all look triangular for our, our annual holiday we call Christmas. Uh, or when you start taking a look at, for example, oak trees here in California and where we live up on the hill above Santa Barbara. No two trees are identical. And it's like, wow, what, what engineer designed the tree as a basic, basic form and then said, you know what? Wouldn't it be cool if we took this design and we ran an algorithm that basically made every single one of these trees different? <laughs> and there are trillions of trees on the planet and there are trillions of different forms of trees on the planet, just as there are billions of different people. Mm -hmm. And isn't it interesting how when we go into the forest, we don't usually notice the differences what we see as they say you can't see the forest for the trees and vice versa you can't see the trees for the forest yeah. and in in reality that's kind of what we would like to accomplish isn't it that we could see the forest the human community and not see the individuals because when we see the individuals we start to judge we start to see the differences and there's a saying I came up with many years ago. And it goes like this. If there is a difference that makes a difference, there is a difference. But, or however, if there is a difference that makes no difference, there is no difference. Mm. And I think that what's been going on specifically in the United States, but it has gone around the world. We are, we have for the last, I don't know, maybe longer than four or five or six years, have, we have been dividing and subdividing and subdividing. And I will tell you that 
the church is a prime example of that subdividing because they couldn't agree on the respective tenets that everybody should believe because they interpreted the uh, ancient uh, wisdom teachings that they were following, as I like to call them, uh, they interpreted them differently than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, you've got it wrong. Oh, no, no, you've got it wrong. Well, then I'm going to start my church over here and I'm going to start mine over here. And then even within those subdivisions and there are subdivisions and then it just keeps, and, and so you have a plethora of sects. Now, you would probably agree that each one of these sects does serve a purpose because one of the, 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 the things that I find interesting, and I found myself in this trap, and I catch myself every so often as well. Oh, no, they're wrong. They're, 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 they're looking at the interpretation too rigidly. Or so-and-so who I read said, no, 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 it's all internal. This is all a spiritual process. Christianity, for example. No, he says it's all spiritual because of his investigation into the original texts. And, the, and, and of course, the argument goes on and the discussion goes on and on and on about the differences between instead of focusing on, I have faith in that supreme being, higher power, God, Buddha, you know, Allah, whatever the, the name is. Mm-hmm. And that's how I sustain myself through that faith. Oh, you have that faith too? Oh, wow. Then we're more alike than we are different. Talk to us a little bit about that too. Mm-hmm. Well, you're saying that all of this in a, in a very clear and an interesting way. And again, I, I love the trees and, you know, this, uh, the, the kind of awesomeness, as you said, going in and looking at the diversity and loving it. It would be, you know, if there was one tree, I mean, I think we'd all be pretty darn bored and we'd all have a big fight about which tree it should be. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Right. So this is what, um, you know, five, unity has five principles, basically, that there is one power and one presence in the universe and in my life, God, the good omnipotent, meaning that there is this one power that we would call life, you mm-hmm. know, that there's an aliveness that really is what makes you, you, right. That, that, you know, makes Richard interested in this and, and Heidi interested in this. And, and, and so there's the, that force, and then it's individualized in each of us. So there's that one power and then the light comes on as you and as me and in different ways. And then we have what is called affirmations and denials, which are affirming the uh, truth that one wants to experience in the world. There, there must be something in you that, that holds the high watch around this radio show is valuable and it, it creates good energy in the world. And so, you know, affirming that and then the denial of, I am not going to, uh, I release the need to worry about it every day. I release the need to, you know, have some story of lack um, be the truth of this. And, and then we have prayer and meditation is our, is our fourth. And the prayer with unity is really affirming it is not a beseeching or please God kind of thing. It's a really, it's a knowing. It's, an, it's the, the use of the word, I, of the phrase, I am. You know, I, I am love. I am mm-hmm. wellness. And then um, the idea of meditation is the quiet listening, as you said, the still small voice. And, and then, then the fifth one, like um, so many uh, sort of encapsulating ideas is that, you know, you live these principles and you do the best you can do. And, and I said on Sunday when I was, I'm giving my talk. I said in a, a sentence, I, 
use often when I'm, I'm looking back at some of the ways I would have liked to have done things differently <laughs> is to say, gosh, I wish I would have done that differently. <laughs> so it's not about, um, you know, any kind of perfection. It's the ability to, to really recognize we're works in progress. And, and in that way of the humbleness and the open heartedness, I think spirit moves and flows and we learn from each other. So th those are kind of unity's five principles, but unity is a, um, especially it, it, you know, you can create a, a unities in different ways, but what I'm finding most unities are doing nowadays are becoming uh, spiritual community centers where we have our Sunday morning service at 10 a.m. every Sunday and we are virtual and we have music and it's very uplifting and we uh, give life um, skills. How do you deal with forgiveness? How, how do you deal with um, low self-esteem or, or having wanting to have a purpose and getting confused about what to do? And so these kind of things, but then we offer things like you know, yoga and meditation and, and sound healing and, and so many different ways for people to um, explore that sense of awakening. And um, so and unity.org, we have a book called The Daily Word that, that people read on a daily basis. And then there is a prayer line that's 24 seven that you can call in, which is really unique about unity. It's called Silent Unity. It's been going on, unity's been around over a hundred years. And it, it, you, people can call in and people call in of all backgrounds and faiths. And the, what they do when you call is they say, how can we pray with you? Not for you or, you know, you'll, you're never going to make it. <laughs> mm -hmm. How do we pray with you? And um, so it's, it's been a, they call it the unity movement. It's a, it's an organic experience of, of people growing in their lives and getting that kind of support. I'm just going to read from our, um, website real quickly here it says we are a vibrant inclusive spiritual community inspiring people to realize and express their divine nature so it's um mm. you know, you know I, I think when i first came into unity which was 30 odd 30 plus years ago um what i felt immediately was a sense of um acceptance there were people i could tell of all backgrounds um you know just different races different sexual orientation different it was and and the music was the place of being able to connect with inspiration i've always said that unity that in some more traditional faiths they teach they tell you how to live and unity invites you to explore the life within you and it's um it's a it's a very responsible type of living you know, it's, it's like not, no one's done something to me. It is my interpretation of what's happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it is, that is one of those things that um, a lot of folks have difficulty with because you will get a group of people who begin to express the same perspective and they start to, they be, sort of become a click, you know, and it's it's there's almost peer pressure to accept that perception uh that if you don't accept that particular perspective or perception of then there's something wrong with you you don't belong and the list goes on that you know you're shunned and so on and so forth um i worked for 15 years as i've shared on this program for a christian radio station that was 
very eclectic, okay? Uh, it ran the gambit from Catholic programming. I actually produced what was called the Radio Family Rosary Hour. And I always <laughs> found it interesting that anytime they referred to a program as an hour, it was usually only a half hour long, but it doesn't have the same ring. The Radio Family Rosary half hour just kind of stalls out at the end there. <laughs> uh, but we even had uh, Pentecostals, Southern Baptists, Lutheran. We used to have, uh, uh, we had the old time, uh, old time, what was it? The um, old time gospel hour, something like that with Jerry Falwell. Uh, we even had, which shocked the daylights out of me when I was working there. We even had on that station, this was back in the early 80s, mind you, Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam. Beautiful. And I'm going, huh? How is, how is that Christian? And I didn't have a problem with Islam at the time. I didn't know anything about it. So I didn't pass judgment. I just thought it was kind of odd because the Nation of Islam, that's the Muslim faith, that's Muhammad, that's not Jesus, that's not the Bible, that's the Quran. How come this show is on this station? And I'm, so I always, I always used to refer to it. As, my my boss used to want to run promos saying it's a balanced, balanced Bible teaching. I said no, no, it's not balanced, because some people are criticizing others in spite of the rule on the station that says you don't do that. I said it's, it's um, oh, what was my phrase? I said eclectic earlier, but that wasn't the word I used back then. Uh, it was very diverse in that respect, which I thought was great. Uh, and my job was to make sure that whatever was being heard could be heard. There were no distractions. There were no extraneous noises or sounds or what have you. Because it wasn't my job to determine what the listener was going to hear or their decision. That was up to them. But I needed to make sure that they weren't distracted by a bunch of other stuff, you know, poor quality and what have you. Uh, because I wanted them to be able to do just that. And I still feel that way. It, it's um, beautiful. I, I know I, I was I was a senior minister at Unity in Chicago and we had a, um, we called it Many Paths, One Source. And we had a six week series and I, I will create that at Unity of Santa Barbara. It'll take a little while. I just got here a month or so ago. But, mm -hmm. uh, but we had uh, speakers from uh, the Buddhist and Hindu and Jewish and, um, and Muslim and and it was and then we would all go to the mosque and we would also they'd come in and speak on Sunday and then we'd all take a trip to the mosque and we'd all take a trip to the to the synagogue and I got to tell you we I, I still gets me chills the ability to break open your own prison in your mind right I mean and you we do not unless you have walked in someone else's moccasins you know I'll get mm -hmm. myself you know all teary around it but it's so true because it's impossible for me to have any insight into how another person lives unless I'm in their we're walking in their shoes somehow mm -hmm. and it was we were all so um enlightened and then at, we would also then, then do a the universal dance of peace with the, the Sufis um on Sunday afternoon and it, it was it was just the most remarkable thing because even at unity and we, you know, we're so open-minded and, you know, I always have to laugh, you know, <laughs> you go back into your family system and you're like, you know, I'm the most enlightened or something. It's like, see, so that's not <laughs> being spiritually kind, right? We, we really, um, as, as really Jesus, Buddha, all these teachers were not, 
in, in a critical place toward anyone else. Mm-hmm. It Heidi, was- Heidi, Heidi, I need to pause. Uh, I got something I got to deal with real quick here. Just stay with me. Okay, I need to pause. Three, two, one. We're talking with uh, Heidi Alfrey. She is a minister at Unity Church. Are you senior pastor? Is that how they uh, define it, the position? Yes, yes. I, I don't, I'm not really big on the word senior, but yes, I'm the senior minister there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I hear you. Uh, I'm 60 myself. Uh, and, and of course, back when I was in my 50, early 50s, I used to ask the question, uh, so where is the cutoff? Where does that start? And of course, you know, I'm looking at the Social Security Oh, 67 is when I can collect full benefits. Okay, that's when I'm a senior. <laughs> it all depends on who you talk to. Yeah. Um, but you are the head pastor, if you will, at yes. Unity. Yes. Uh, and uh, tell us uh, a little bit about uh, uh, the church itself. Well, first of all, for those who live in Santa Barbara or who might come to Santa Barbara to visit, and I know right now there are no in-person services, if I'm, if I'm correct. Uh, it's all virtual. Yeah. Well, we are in person. It, oh, it, you're in person yeah, now, okay. right? We, it, it's sort of come back now, but it's it is 25 percent. So I believe we are full now at 45 people. Um, but, okay. but anyway, yeah. So we're located um, on our Ariaga across from the Alice Keck Park, mm-hmm. and, and yes, and I, I arrived a month ago, so I'm getting all these um, all these you know directions <laughs> in place here. But um, so it's a, we have a beautiful facility. It's um, of course, I don't, there's what is not beautiful in Santa Barbara, but it is a beautiful facility. And we, um, and we have that the front is a brand new courtyard that we look forward to having more and more outdoor experiences. We've um, had some, you know, healing sessions out there with the gong. We've had some services, but yes. Uh, so unity has been around and, and the uh, Santa Barbara, church has been around for uh, over 100 years. The website is santabarbarunity.org, although the name of our spiritual center is Unity of Santa Barbara. Mm -hmm. And we are using more and more the word spiritual center rather than church, because Mm -hmm. we really are a a, a spiritual community center. Mm -hmm. And the word church, we're, we're always looking at words we're using, Richard, to see how inclusive do they feel? How um, you know, inflammatory, or do they, uh, do people, what is the reaction to words like church and, and even God, not that there's, you know, that's a beautiful word. And it's, sure. it's, 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 I think it has a lot of sacred energy to it. That's for sure. But then we know that people were raised in a, a place where that could have been an abusive experience to, that God was you know, judging and, and, and and very unhappy with you, (laughs) you know, you somehow are a broken person or a sinner or, and, and people had some very traumatic experiences with, with God or church. So, so we're, we, we, at unity, we recognize that everyone is a spiritual being and they, and people are human, human, having human experiences, but are spiritual beings. Yeah. And then, and how is it that we can comfort each other enough to have that, that awakening of just your own self? How do you feel safe in your own skin to explore the things you love and to be with people that are kind to you and to explore this world and in a fearless way? You said something around the fearlessness of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, we really, 
it, it is amazing what one can create if you choose love over fear. Yeah. And, you know, I personally have traveled the world and done all kinds of things, but people that live in the same place their whole lives, life is just as amazing if we tap into the awesomeness of having a body and a heart beating and lungs that allow us to breathe and, and this beautiful planet on which we live and all this has been given to us. Mm -hmm. And so living in the sense of, of appreciation and awe when it's so easy to fall into that sense of lack and, and, and the grasping of life. And it's, it's, um, it's, uh, you know, we, so, so we really, Unity's main experience for people is to help one feel um, loved enough until you can love yourself. So it's a really, really very sweet journey. And, and then we have to laugh at ourselves. Sometimes it's like, um, and we, and it's still people learning how to get along with people. So we, yep. But it's a beautiful place. It's uh, right there at 227 East Ariaga Street. And, All right. And, uh, and that's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that is between uh, Anacapa and Santa Barbara Streets. Is that yes. correct? Right, right, right. On Ariaga. All right. Yes. And right now we're just there in, in person on Sundays at uh, 10 a.m. Pacific mm -hmm. time, but we are live streaming uh, at SantaBarbaraUnity.org. And then we have a Wednesday service at 7. And I, and that service is with our dear friend, Terry Wilder, who plays the gong. Mm -hmm. So we have um, sound healing and we'll continue that in 2021. But we're, we try to, we want to keep our teachings in a really contemporary way around what are you dealing with in your life? Yeah. yeah and and, the, and a lot of questioning, what does spirituality mean to you? And, and, you know, we, we've been through this, you know, kind of, we, we tend to be in this, in this nation, you know, we're, we're just, people are arguing a lot and, and, and sort of, sort of how is it that I can be the beacon of peace I want to experience in the world? How, how can I really look at others when they see the world differently than I do and have a sense of perhaps questioning in this, how do they, what is it about other people that are, is valuable because there's always something. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know that that's been a harder place to come from uh, these days uh, because of uh, the uh, domestic turmoil that we have experienced just in the last year, 2020 was, I mean, if, it, if, if uh, the virus wasn't bad enough, uh, we also had to deal with an election. We also had to deal with uh, various movements, the Me Too movement, Black Lives Matter movement, and I'm sure there were others that, that didn't get quite as much notoriety. And obviously, uh, certain individuals, they want things to be a certain way. They don't want things to change. And change is the constant in the universe that we really have to, we have to discontinue the mindset of fearing it, hating it. I can't stand it. I want everything to be static. I'll use two computer terms. There's, there's what's called uh, a dynamic and there's static. And uh, nobody wants dynamic because that's change. Everybody wants static. But when you think about it, okay, so if we want it all static, what if you had a static pool of water? What happens after a while? It starts to get murky. And then of course, if it's warm out, you get the mosquitoes and then the algae and all of these things. And certainly these are parts of nature that happen regardless. 
but they don't stay that way. So we have a dynamic and, as you kind of alluded to, a very vibrant place to live, a very vibrant and dynamic life. And we need to embrace it, change that is. We need to embrace it to uh, basically say, I, I'll quote George Bush Jr. back uh, early on in his administration where he was talking about uh, uh, you know, the terrorism and so forth. He said, bring it on, bring it on. And I say, bring on change because it's not an enemy. No, it just isn't. Um, no, and I, let's, I go ahead. Talk about that. No, no, well, well it, it, you know, and you're saying uh, people, I, I, I always think, I think it's interesting when we're, when we're unhappy with something, we really want change. Mm -hmm. And when we're happy with something, please keep it the same. Mm -hmm. And, and so the, this is our sort of, uh, you know, our way of being kind of nut, nutty in our own heads is that, we, um, <laughs> But when we look at uh, the ocean, and that's why I think people like the ocean so much, is that there's this, uh, this complete disarray, right? You can't, that wave needs to break right then. And that, that you know, should, the, the tide should be going out in this moment. And you can see it's all the pulls of the gravitational forces. And it, there's, no, there's not an order that a human being can create in the ocean. And I think it brings people a lot of comfort because there is a place of, I'm not in charge, but I am the, uh, I can create the focus of my own life. Mm -hmm. And there's a, uh, cause it's, it's beautiful. I think that's why people like looking at stars and, 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 and mountains, because we really want to know about the vastness. We really want to mm -hmm. know about this unlimited possibility that I believe saying I am the light of the world that, that we will say over unity because there's such a vastness in that. What, what does that mean? How do I keep that the spirit of life on in me? You know, I always think we're a little bit like motel six, you know, let's keep the light on, you know? And, um, and so um, I'm sure that's not the highest way of seeing oneself, but, uh, but the but idea, yeah, it's still, you know, just these, the it helps to keep us humble. It would be, it would, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. But um, yeah, I, Bellagio, that, that sounds nice too, but I digress. But the idea that, um, that we really are responsible for, you know, what inspires you. I know what inspires me and, mm -hmm. and the ability to keep that, keep putting ourselves in those situations. And the other thing that we are, really concentrating on at unity is being of service to the community we were we use our parking lot uh, the showers of blessings folks that give showers to the homeless use our parking lot and so it isn't just about our little community of unity and aren't we great that you know we've all come here and we're dedicated to awakening it's just how do we continue to be that light for others and that's yeah. the way, Richard, we really, all of us keep our light on is how do we stay in service? Because service really counteracts the ego. You know, when I think I got it all figured out and, you know, if you could just, if everybody could be more like me, the world would be great. You know, if, <laughs> you know which, which has occurred to me sometimes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, oh, um, I'm sure to all of us. Yeah, it is just the silliness of it. But, um, but then when we really recognize that, you know, the, my, you can't keep it till you give it away. There really is a place of, as I um, have awakenings as I do in this life, then I, I really have something to 
benefit another person. And then people keep coming into my life that help me see things differently. So mm -hmm. it's a uh, well, um, even in the New Testament, uh, Jesus speaks of what true religion is, and it is not what most people think of it. True religion is caring for the the young, the elderly, the infirm, taking care of our community. That is true religion if you want to, to use that word to me that's the definition not how many different churches that we have on every street corner and how many people are piling in to those churches and adhering to the rules and the regulations or the doctrine and the dogma uh, that's uh, that's being put out it's taking care of one another it's is true and it it it, it is a constant conversation with with spiritual communities, yeah. churches, you know, synagogues, because what's as fascinating, and this is, uh, as I went into ministry, it, I think most ministers go into ministry because they've been inspired by spiritual teachings. And, and I, one of my friends says, you know, I did every other job at the, at the church. So now I needed to be the minister <laughs> anyway. Um, but the idea that, uh, but then once you are in the position, you, you see there, you've got your building, you've got a lot of brick and mortar you're working with and, and mm -hmm. all the expenses of that. And, and you can see why Jesus and Buddha and so many didn't have buildings. You know, they were just wandering around, you know, talking. Yeah. And so we become then, you know, sort of buildings and, and it, they're beautiful and thank heavens we have them. And, and, you know, Santa Barbara is probably one of the places that buildings are more optional than other places, but um, because of the beautiful weather, but it's, yeah. um, but it, it really is an interesting dynamic that is beautiful, wonderful. And we yeah. have, you know, a wonderful building, but we recognize that, the, the building holds the people that really are what the center is. Exactly. And then we want to keep giving back. The, um, you know, Unity was created or the, the Fillmore's were coming up with these uh, principles that created Unity. They never really thought they'd create a church. They were really mm -hmm. creating a, a consciousness conversations, um, yeah, affirmative yeah. prayer, a lot of healing that then just kept growing but it was at the time of the transcendentalists, the times of Thoreau and Emerson. So mm -hmm. this is why unity is definitely spiritual. It's also very um, philosophical. It's mm -hmm. it's a it's a very it's a lot of um, ownership of of the spirituality that is in your DNA is is part of your reason for being alive. And how is it that you? really can embrace the idea that God life source is within. You talked about the, the five points or principles, but is there a, um, I will use the term loosely here, is there a single document, like in Christianity, that document is the Bible, uh, that unity uses in its, um, uh, in its uh, spiritual practices and teachings and, and, and life and lifestyle? Yes, I don't, there wouldn't be, well, okay, so the, the, we do use the Bible in the sense of metaphysically interpreting the Bible. Mm -hmm. So if we're to tell a story of, of, let's say, the fishers of men, you know, where Jesus inspired the, um, the disciples to not just be, you know, fishing, but to mm -hmm. 
inspire others to to teach other people. So the, right. I, the idea that um, that fish metaphysically mean represent ideas, and, and so when we are you know being where we are being inspired and then teaching others this i this the idea of having ideas and being inspired so so we use the bible in the way of symbolic teaching not mm -hmm. literal teaching right and then there are many many unity books uh which are um you know there's when we do a lot of education so there are um there are many, many books and new books all the time. We have um, 12 powers, which are again, these internal powers of wisdom and love and strength. And so there is, there's a lot of teachings, but we will teach from the Bible, but then there's a lot of, of unity basic books. Mm -hmm. And Charles Fillmore wrote a lot. Myrtle Fillmore wrote a lot, our, um, our um, creators. Um, we have some unity ministers from many, many, Years ago, uh, Eric Butterworth wrote a book called Spiritual Economics, and we teach that often. But mm. so it's it's really a it's not just come in on Sunday and 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 have a good time. It's it it is a there's a big piece of education, so people yeah. you know come to understand that uh, these these five principles are incorporated in in all of the publications. Mm -hmm. Let me ask about your foundation. Now, obviously, uh, you're a head uh, pastor at Unity of Santa Barbara, uh, but uh, you weren't born Unity. And by the way, folks, Unity is not Unitarian. That's a whole other subject we won't get into right now. Unity is one thing. Unitarian is another, which we do have a Unitarian church here in Santa Barbara as well. Grace. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but tell we're us we're about catty, catty corner. <laughs> oh, that's right. You are. You're yeah, right. We are. Across we are. Yes. One another, which is uh, to me, that's a wonderful thing too. But tell yeah. us about your, your foundation, what you came into this world with, or what you were taught as you were growing up as a child and how that has, how that changed and transformed over the years to where you are today here in Santa Barbara as head pastor at Unity? Mm, well, um, how many hours do you have? But anyway, <laughs> uh, yes. So uh, I was raised Episcopal, which was a, you know, let's see, where, where will I go with this? But it is was a very um, peaceful and, and my experience. See, this is what, but I always have to laugh is that we people are born where they're born. They're raised where they're raised. Usually, you know, the family says we're Catholic. You know, we're Jewish. We're mm -hmm. and and you know, rarely does anyone say to any of the children, "But you make a choice. If you like this, great. If not, we'll drop we'll drop you off at the Baptist." You know, right? There's none. There's none of that. So I remember we would drive to the Episcopal Church. I grew up in Houston, Texas, and 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 you take a left to go to the Episcopal Church, and to the right was the Baptist Church. And every, almost every day, mother driving the station wagon, we were in the back and uh, my father was usually a lay reader. So my, we were with my mother going to, going to church and, um, and we always say, mom, what's going over there at the Baptists? And she said, they have really great music, but we're not going over there. And, and I remember thinking, why don't we go over there and listen to the music sometime? And um, she'd always go, the Baptists know how to do the music. And I'm thinking, why don't we go over and listen to some music? But it was, so, so the, the point is there was all of this you, we are this, 
And, and, and what I have found, so it was years later in my twenties. And in fact, recovering from alcoholism, which I'm 35 years sober today, but, um, but the idea of that um, type of awakening that I had in my life, as I always say, through um, some, a very loving judge and some very su supportive police officers that didn't want me to drink and drive. Um, you know, that was my um, holy experience. But mm -hmm. the idea of, of that kind of um, truth telling to myself that I am dealing with a, the illness of alcoholism and the denial of that made, created a life of chaos for me. So as I had that kind of awakening, a lot of the people that I was meeting in um, the program of Alcoholics Anonymous were also going over to Unity. And so I, so it was, it's really a journey I find with Unity when you're ready to have a sort of responsibility piece in your own spiritual awakening. And so I found the, it continued to stretch me. One of the first books that, that people study at Unity is called Lessons in Truth. And it's written by a lady named Emily Cady from you know, the late, late 1800s. And the, so the idea is what is truth with capital T? And what I know for me with truth today is truth has to be a, the place where everyone can, can relate in a way. Like, you know, we all care about love and peace mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and community and all of the places where there's really not a debate and so this, this ability to step into where, what is truth and how do I uh, live that in the place of being very open-hearted, very open-minded. And so it just continued to, to grow me. And it's been something I've been involved with ever since because there's, there's you know, the ability to see this world through the eyes of love is a skill <laughs> that, uh, you know, will, will always uh, be strengthened in this life, whether you're in the line at the grocery store and, and the, you know, you're supposed to have 10 or less items and somebody has 30 items in front of you, you know, there's a, there's a great experience <laughs> just to grow in love, right? Uh, did you notice the sign? So, but the, um, so it's the, it's those kind of things. And then also the, uh, the ability that as we teach in unity and have many teachers that come in to teach at Unity um, meditation and really reflecting on, on that still small voice, on the love that you are and, and healing those places of, of self-judgment and self-loathing or, or the, you know, this criticism that we can uh, inflict on ourselves. And yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, quite honestly, that is a tough one because it's, it's so easy to fall into. Um, I, I tend to, to use the word uh, self-deprecating. Mm -hmm. um, I have been around people who that's all they do is they're just constantly putting themselves down. And uh, how could I, how could you do something so stupid? And they're all by themselves, basically. I mean, I was, I was working one day, uh, one late afternoon evening, uh, and uh, from the other studio, uh, I could hear uh, the guy recording his news and the screaming and the yelling. And there was no one else in the room but him. <laughs> and, 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 the, and again, the, the phraseology that he would use against himself 
And I've, I've often thought about that in, the ter in terms of saying to that person, would you say those kinds of things to your best friend? Well, they, of course they'd say, well, of course not. Then why are you saying those things to yourself? Because mm -hmm. you're even closer than your best friend is to you, you know. And I've always found that to be so um, so disconcerting to hear that coming from people. And that's not to say that I haven't done it. And I've really caught myself from time to time. You know, I, I, I acknowledge that I am good at what I do. I'm also uh, willing to acknowledge that uh, from a, a definition of perfection, getting it right every time, I'm not perfect. Uh, by the way, from the definition that I like to use of perfect, I am perfect. Be ye perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. Well, your father in heaven, what are his characteristics? Well, he's neither good nor evil, bad nor bad nor good, right or wrong. He just is. It says in the Old Testament, I am that I am. That's it. So to be perfect is just to be. So from that standpoint, I'm perfect. You know, um, uh, I'm yeah. batting a thousand, so to speak. And that won't change. Uh, but when we start to put judgments on, and that's why I try to get rid of the words success and failure, at least in my vocabulary, uh, because it isn't about success or failure. It's about learning. It's about growing. Exactly. And if we do that through these processes, uh, then uh, these, these experiences that we have in life, my gosh, then we are, we are just miles ahead of where we might have been if we hadn't done that. So we need to, we need to be kind to ourselves, let alone kind to others. It's so, it's so true, Richard. And, and this is my background before ministry was a marriage and family therapy and, and all of these things we, we learn, you know, our parents are, our caregivers are, are taught by their caregivers. And there's, mm -hmm. so there really is the place that, and I really find it as we're, you know, at unity, there's a place where we get to say, I'm going to stop this in my, in the generational teaching of my family or my life, or, you know, the people in my life is I really want to learn that I am created in the image and likeness of, of creation of mm -hmm. God, or, or, and, and I don't need to create the, my, the creator in the image and likeness of me as a, as a person that's, as we call it, sometimes a dysfunctional parent, God, I mean, you don't need that. You really can have this, um, experience of, and we have to listen for it, of the, when I see a sunset, when, when I, when I, when I am in wonderful conversations with friends, when I am with my pet or, or children or, or parents or all of those things. And notice when my heart feels connected because that's love, that's life there. You don't have to define it. It's just what you're saying. It is God yeah. is love is life is, and that's it. And so it, it brings us to this moment. It, it brings us to the lack of needing to judge really anything, to, to be an observer of life and to also be um, willing to uh, clean up that which is anything that's against the beautiful creation that you are. Let's talk a little bit about the times when we don't see ourselves as perfect or others. Uh, and we have challenges with one another Sometimes it's in person and sometimes it's not so in person. It's across the country or around the world and not necessarily through Zoom, but we, 
we start to place judgments on uh, people that we see maybe in the news and so forth, who, who are prominent, if you will, in our culture. I was interviewing someone not long ago, and we were talking about this very subject. <clears throat> and uh, it was dealing primarily with the subject of bullies, okay? And uh, this gentleman and I were chatting, and he says, you know, one of the things that I have found that absolutely positively puts a bully on his heels, does not know what to do with this, is when you let them say what they're going to say, and then you just look at them quietly, calmly, and say, I love you. And they don't know what to do with that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I went through several phases back in 2017, where I said, teacher, thank you for teaching me how not to behave. Then I went from there to, uh, I forgive you, but I forgive me for um, allowing myself to be get draw- be- being drawn into this uh, quagmire, this minutia. And mm-hmm. the third phase was, uh, let me ask you, as human being to human being, what is it that you're so afraid of that makes you behave this way? And then when I talked with this gentleman, I'm going, wow, boy, if you can get through those first three phases to the fourth, which is just to say, I love you, you have every right to be here just like I do. It doesn't matter what my ego and personality thinks of you. You are me and I am you. And if I'm having a problem with you, it's not a problem with you. It's a problem with me. Isn't that kind of the the the, the psychological uh, ramification that the person is mirroring those things that we don't like within ourselves. 100%. And the ability to see it really takes the contemplation, right? Where we can learn how to be in life through action rather than reaction. To be able to and, and what you're saying, anyone, when we get to a place of being able to say, I love you to the enemy, you know, mm-hmm. you know, love your enemies. It's, it's, you know, Jesus, Jesus was only around three years, but his teachings were extremely, I mean, that's why we're, we still talk about his teachings because mm-hmm. they apply to everything. So being able to say, I love you to your perception of an enemy is your freedom. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. we and and then we, as as Emerson said, you really need to stand guard at the portal of your mind. And so this thing about what am I watching? What am I ingesting? You know, am, am I able, am I healthy enough to watch the news? I don't know. Uh, a friend of mine, I remember he was at a job that he didn't like so much. And he would say before his staff meeting, he'd go, um, sometimes I think I'm too well to attend. and i always you know so how is it am i strong enough to watch the news and am i balanced enough to you know be in that uh, conversation about whatever it is and and it it, then it can tends to be richard a little more uh, playful and interesting Mm -hmm. and i the ability to say i love you when there is that feeling of I'm, I'm against you or you're against me is so, so powerful. And it, and and every time that's a higher energy, it has to be honest, right? mm -hmm. But 
That's that's one of those I don't think you can fake it till you make it. That's one that you have to genuinely come from that place. And um, I don't know that I would I would say uh, that I would start out by maybe pitying the person because it's a shame that they feel the way they do that the way they are and so on and so forth. Again, they're here learning lessons just like me. So pity is not a place that you want to come from. You right. genuinely want to know, uh, you genuinely, genuinely want to be in that place of, uh, of love for that person. Set aside what they've done. What is it they say, uh, um, uh, forgive, we, you know, we forgive, but we don't forget. Well, you know, you kind of need to forget because it's, we are not our actions, even though those speak louder than words, as they say. It's what's inside. And everybody, I don't care who they are, every human being can change. Going back to the word change, and it's the constant of the universe. We all change. We may not change the way others would like us to, but that doesn't matter. We do change. I wanted to ask you really quickly here um, about something that I think is rather interesting because I have some interviews coming up with, with people who are going to be talking about this subject. Uh, but before I do, I want to, uh, first of all, give you an opportunity to invite people to both your in-person as well as your virtual services on Sundays as well as Wednesdays. Uh, and uh, also go to, is it unityofsantabarbara.org? No, I, this, this, I just arrived. So I was, I was a little confused about now you all, you realize your uh, website's a little <laughs> different than your name, ah. <laughs> but yeah, the name is, is unity of Santa Barbara, but our website is santabarbarunity.org. Okay. And, and there you will not only find the, the services at 10 and uh, at Pacific on Sundays. And we have our, um, we are on YouTube also, mm -hmm. uh, unity of Santa Barbara. And so it is, uh, you can look at past services. We also have classes on uh, all kinds of ways of living life in a more open-hearted, open-minded way. Uh, we have a Wednesday service at 7 p.m. Pacific. And on the website, you can see many opportunities to have uh, spiritual um, empowerment, enlightenment, and healing. So we and, really- And they'll find the Zoom or whatever the uh, virtual connection is there on the website. Uh, SantaBarbaraUnity.org. There you go. All right, very good. And we'll be linked to your website as well, so people can can follow up and continue, as I like to say, their evolutionary and transformational processes. Lovely. The word salvation uh, is certainly a key to the Christian faith. One must have it. I was challenged uh, by one minister at the religious station uh, one day by that just happened to be about this time of the year, actually around Thanksgiving. And um, uh, he basically told me that he did not believe uh, that I was uh, ready to meet God, uh, that I wasn't saved. And I thought, oh, that's interesting that he would make that kind of a judgment. Um, and so I walked away from that little conversation, uh, thinking about that. And I thought about it for a while. And I came back to him the next week when he was there uh, after the program was over. I waited until the show was over. And I said, you know, last week you said that you didn't think I was saved. I wasn't ready to meet God. And I said, well, first of all, um, you're always talking about how this is a personal relationship with God. So what business is it of yours to start with? But setting that aside, 
um, let me ask you to go do something for me. First of all, when you go home for Thanksgiving, have your wife cook the turkey, then cook it again. Uh, go out into the parking lot and start your car. Without turning it off, I want you to start it again. And of course, he kind of looked at me perplexed. And uh, I says, because you're going to burn the turkey and you're going to ruin your car. Don't try to save me. And then I used a final analogy of me and he standing on the edge of a body of water. And I said, um, I'm standing right next to you. And you have at your disposal the means to save me from drowning. Will you save me from drowning? He says, well, well no, because you're standing right next to me on the shore. And I said, okay, makes sense. So, all right, now I'm out in the water and I'm flailing around and, I, and you still have the same means of saving me uh, from the water. Will you save me? He says, well, of course. I said, all right, third scenario. Same as the second, only this time I'm telling you, don't save me. Don't do anything. Will you save me? He says, well, sure. I says, so in other words, you would violate my free will to do with my life as I choose to save me. He says, yes. So, okay. All right. That's fine. You know, no judgment there. I said, well, I going back to the same point. Don't save me. I'm standing right next to you on the shore. Now, my version of salvation is different from others. But I find it interesting that when it comes to a personal relationship with our creator, our God, our energetic force out there that brought us into being, because as far as I know, as far as I know right now, Heidi, <laughs> I didn't make myself. Okay. But you know what? I could find out. I did. Which, what is your perspective on, from the uni unity perspective on salvation? What does that mean to you? And to the Fillmores as the as your as the founders of Unity. Mm -hmm. Well, salvation is the experience of feeling if there is a the word saved. You know, I think the idea of saved, if we're looking at it, maybe it's some person doing that to another person, or I suppose I've had an experience, and I maybe in the most. Uh, basic way that I want to share with you because it's been so valuable to me there as we know agreement is the only way anything happens mm -hmm. so as, as you were saying you know if, if I don't want that to happen then to really impose something on another person isn't honoring that person so salvation is for for me it it was an internal experience that sometimes happened. That's why they call it the grace of God. Mm -hmm. You know, how I had the experience of becoming sober when many, many people die of alcoholism. For me, that was salvation that I didn't, um, okay, today I'm going to have that piece of salvation. But it is this organic experience that I is, is grace. And then the ability to live that and teach through the being an example. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's it's because it has to be for me about peace. It has to be for me about honoring another person's journey. It also, I, there's also a piece of humbleness with it in the sense of I'm not here to inflict anyone with, with something that I believe is good for them. Uh, but because that 
is a knowing I have that wouldn't be about kindness or being spiritually aligned. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I think salvation is an inside job. It's a choice. Uh, mm -hmm. It's grace. It's, I mean, choice, meaning you can fight your good. You know, people are, and myself included, can get very uh, interested in their misery and in the yes. drama. And it's sort of, and that's what the funniest thing is when anybody comes to me for spiritual counseling, I'm like, it seems you're, you're really connected to this misery thing you got going on. <laughs> and, and I, and I, and I understand because we can do that, but I think there's an option, right? Yeah. So, um, so Richard, thank you for these really intriguing questions. And, and this to me is how we grow together is there's, mm -hmm. this is how I understand it. This is how I understand it. And sort of an awe of the diversity yeah. and, and knowing that I always say, whatever's right for you is right for you. It, it, mm. in, that, in that moment of your awareness that I wanna honor that in others. And, and interestingly enough, when I do, we get to have this, whatever we could call Christ consciousness or Buddha nature or mm -hmm. um, the peace that passes the understanding. Right, right. Let me, uh, before we wrap things up here, let me remind our listeners, of course, we're talking with Heidi Alfrey. She is the head pastor uh, at uh, Unity, uh, uh, Santa Barbara Unity, uh, Unity of Santa Barbara, SantaBarbaraUnity.com or .org, I should say, SantaBarbaraUnity.org is the website we will be linked to. But you are also the host of Solutions News, Conversations That Counts. Uh, yeah. And uh, in in uh, in short order here, can you give us just a synopsis of uh, what people might uh, experience and hear when tuning into that program Fridays at 5 p.m. on this station? Great way to end your week and start your weekend. Um, yes, conversations are and a, a, a very organic experience, can we say, that mm -hmm. it is, and I believe we're all learning and we all desire from what I hear from everybody I talk to, how do we have conversations about what is in our heart and what, is, what inspires us and recognize that that's creating, hopefully, a better world. Mm. So the focus that I have with people is how to, how to have them talk about what it is that they uh, love, what they're creating in the world, and how to be interested in one another. So it, when one tunes into conversations that count, you'll find the ability to create in a new way when you're talking about your own life. What is it? How are you born to express on this planet? And I believe a way of learning to listen to one another. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of these conversations are that you're going to learn something from every guest in the way of what they love and how they're expressing spirit on the planet. And it will inspire you to, as we were talking about, get a lot less interested in your misery and your angst and get a lot more interested in how it is you can be that light of the world on the planet. Absolutely. And of course, some of the conversations will be available on YouTube, but most of them will be available as podcasts, not videocasts, but podcasts uh, through your website, through the website, SantaBarbaraUnity.org. Yes. And uh, 
it's been a, a great pleasure to have you on the program. Uh, as I always do, I have three final questions for you. Uh, before I ask those, however, uh, again, thank you so much for sharing this time with us. And also a reminder to you for listening to Tell Me Your Story, which comes your way Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. on this station. Podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, and other locations you're reposting our interviews to, and I thank you for that. As well as video casts on YouTube. Richard Dugan is the channel. Tell Me Your Story is the program, and all you do is look for the guy with the hat. It's that easy. Um, we uh, are going to also ask you to participate in uh, the 2020s decade of perfect vision. Go within, as we've talked about throughout this program and many others. Um, get to know yourself. That's really kind of the bottom line. The more you know who you are, be honest with you, the more you're going to know other people because mm. we're all basically, basically the same. Our emotions are the same, are the same but our experiences are different. And when we start sharing those experiences and understanding, boy, we just, we grow exponentially. And if you'd like to support us financially, PayPal and Patreon accounts are there for your security as well as ours. And I thank you again for those who have helped and for those who will help. My final three questions are first, who is Heidi Alfrey? Mm, well, from our conversation, I am love. I am curiosity. I am enthusiasm. I am unlimited. I am a work in progress. <laughs> I'm a teacher. I'm a learner. I'm a student. And I love life. I really do. And, and back here, it's all good. It's, it's backwards, mm -hmm. but, but there it is. Ah, it's all good right back there, folks. <laughs> there it is. Absolutely. It is. Although I will tell you that when I was working for the TV station, when there were mistakes made by people, they said, oh, it's all good. I said, no, it's not because it wasn't. But I'm working on it. I'm right. working on it. It's right. all good. Yeah. Second question. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? Mm, that's it's a beautiful question. I I'd love to grow consciousness through Unity of Santa Barbara. I would, I'm, I'm knowing that people that come and are part of that feel better about their lives and are more vibrant and loving in the world. I'm also so interested in getting to know this community and the needs that the community has and how we can be that uh, vortex of well being in Santa Barbara and people. Can, come, can know it as a place to come and find your center and live from that place of um, aliveness in the world. I, I always say a life that works for you and a world that works for all. So we're going to be continuing to create from that place. I'm with you there. Final question. What is your life's purpose? Hmm. Oh boy, Richard. <laughs> now it's very exciting. You know, it's always words can be so limited, mm -hmm. right? But um, I'd, I'd say to um, grow in love and, and be connected and grateful for this amazing life that I've been given and to perhaps rest more and play more mm -hmm. and um, teach from a very centered and, um, organic place and feel free really to feel free well Heidi Alfrey 
head pastor at Unity of Santa Barbara. SantaBarbaraUnity.org is the website. As I said, we will be linked to it. Thank you again for joining us on the program. I am really blessings for a new year. This is the, the blank slate on which we are writing. Exactly. And let us, let us be so connected to a bright, bright place this year and, and love one another and ourselves very deeply. Because as I say on my message, you're worth it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I want to thank you for listening to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to lol.